Welcome to Who Are You? The Life Lessons of Sports, episode 135. Welcome to Who Are You? The Life Lessons of Sports with your host, Rob Elwood. Join us as we open the door and take an unforgettable journey to unlock the full power of sports on and off the field. Listen to personal stories and reflections from incredible leaders who are sure to move and inspire you. So listen and enjoy another episode of Who Are You? The Life Lessons of Sports. And I knew at that time that that's what I had to do. I, I couldn't be sitting at a desk doing something outside of sports. And you know what? At the start, you know, the money isn't there in this industry. It's just not. I'm not going to be making the money that maybe someone who's doing marketing or doing business or obviously a lawyer or a doctor is going to be making. But I know a lot more I'm going to enjoy the job that I'm doing because I, I want to do what I love and the money will come. You know what? Stephen A. Smith, do you think he started making hundreds of thousands? Bayless, all these guys, uh, Bob Costas, they didn't start making a lot of money. So I know at one point, if I'm good enough, if I keep striving, I'm going to get there. Okay, Who Are You Nation? I am extremely honored to introduce our special guest today, Jake Brown. Jake, are you ready to put your game face on and join our team? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it, my friend. Well, Jake, please take a moment, introduce yourself to Who Are You Nation, and let us know what you're up to these days. Yeah, well, I'm a sports radio host at ESPN Radio New Hampshire, Saturday, 5 to 6 p.m. I also host um, on AM1240 WGBB in New York and Long Island. I host the fifth quarter in New York sports, big New, big New York sports fan, New Yorker originally. Um, and today I'm also a sports writer for a bunch of sites. And today I found out that I'll be working with CBS local, the digital media department in New York City um, with CBSSportsRadio.com. So I think that'll be a good opportunity for me to continue to advance in my career. Um, and I also graduated from Hofstra University in New York, um, where I worked for WRHU, one of the top five college radio stations in the country. Um, I've interned with Sportsnet New York, SNY, and the Islanders. So I've done a lot of different things, um, but still a lot, a lot more work to do and still trying to get better. Yeah, I could tell. Well, congratulations on the promotion and the job and everything else that's going to come with that. What an experience, and that's just fantastic. What a good news to get on a Friday here. Yeah, I mean... The defines TGIF, right? Yeah, that's right. Always, always. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing some of that. We're going to get into that in a yep. minute here. But to get us officially started, do you have a motivational quote or an inspirational quote, one that is applied to you and your journey so far? Um, yeah, stay hungry, stay humble is a quote that I've heard a lot recently that I've really kind of lived by. I mean, if you're not hungry, you go take the next step. If you're not humble. You, you, there's so many people who get so cocky, get so complacent at such a young age when they haven't done anything, they're not, they're not Mike Francesa. They're not the Pope. Um, they're, they're not there to kind of do that. So really staying hungry and trying to take the next step in your career and always looking towards the next thing. Some people want to accept mediocrity. I'm trying to be great. I want to be something great. And I'm only 23 and I have a lot of room to still grow. And I don't, I think I'm good, but I don't think I'm the best. And I think I still have a lot of work to do. And when I, I'll listen back on my work, listen back to my show and see how I can get better. And that's really with the stay hungry part and staying humble, just making sure you don't get ahead of yourself, don't get complacent, don't settle with something that you're with now unless it's you're at the top of the chain, which I'm nowhere near yet. So that's that's really a quote that uh, 
that I've read recently that I kind of live by, stay hungry, stay humble. I like it, and you're following it, and it's so neat to have, and I say this with all due respect, please, uh, but somebody of, of, of a different generation, <laughs> I'm a little older <laughs> now, but it's it's great, because to get your perspective, not only on what you're doing now, of course, and the hard work that goes into it, and come off a lot of interviews where there's that feeling that there is not a lot of hard work going on out these days, but also to be able to share your journey and how you got to where you have been so quickly, I think is fascinating. So before we get into that, though, Jake, do us a favor, take us back to your childhood home, school, playing around, friends, and then, of course, inside your house. Paint that picture for us. You know, I was born in um, White Plains Hospital. I I lived in Little Neck in Queens. Some people like to call it Long Island, but it's Queens on the map, so I'll say I'm from Queens originally. Um, I lived in a small apartment, one bathroom, for five people, and I'll tell you how tough that was. I mean, people banging on the door, get out of here, get it, get out. We have to take a shower. I got to go go to work. Um, so that was definitely interesting. Five people, but I went to TS two twenty one in Queens. Went there two years. I moved to Connecticut at the age of seven, and that really kind of broke my heart. I love New York. I love playing outside. I love going to the park. Um, I love playing basketball. And leaving Connecticut, uh, leaving New York, excuse me, really let me realize like how much I love sports and how much I love New York sports. Really. And, at first, I actually was a Yankee fan. Unfortunately, I, was, I had a Derek Jeter poster, and I moved, and it really let me realize what I love. And I started listening to sports radio at a young age, started listening to WSKN, a guy like Steve Summers, who really was passionate about sports radio, and that got me into that. So I moved to Connecticut. It was tough at first, um, but I really I, it helped me grow. And that I lived there. I made a lot of friends in Connecticut. Still went to Mets games, Knicks games, Mets games every week, um, and just try to adapt to the situation. And then a tough experience for me was moving, leaving all my friends after junior year high school, going to North Carolina, which it felt like I was going to Guam. It was a 14-hour drive, <laughs> so far away. Um, I lived around this corner from cows and horses, essentially, and it was such a different lifestyle for me. But that really, when it made me cry further, it was tough for me leaving my friends, going to a place like that where I have no friends, it was really, like I said, stay hungry, stay humble. It was a humbling experience, and it made me realize just, it made me find myself, really. I was kind of under a rock in Connecticut. It made me find myself, made me find what I love doing in North Carolina, and it made me realize how much I missed up there and how much I was going to work hard to work in New York City and work in the number one market and try and make it. So that was tough for me, but that got me into Hofstra University, one of the great communication schools in the country. Got to be back in New York. I've had some tremendous experiences here. I uh, graduated last year with broadcast journalism at Hofstra, and that was really a, a tremendous four years for me. Really grew, got my writing better, became a sports radio host on, in a local station. That got me to ESPN Radio, and I'm still growing every day. So really that move to North Carolina for me is what did it, and that, that's really what like kicked me into my first gear really and got me to do what I want to do and got me back to New York and I'm uh, as tough as it is to move somewhere else to a smaller market sometimes you have to do it and it, it really helped me grow as a person and made me a lot more mature um, leaving my comfort zone and going somewhere else. Yeah, no, I really like the way you put that. And of course, knowing sports the way you do now, it's uh, it's a moment that, of course, you're a human being to have that reaction. But at the same time, there was a moment of embracing the situation and, and truly treating it as an experience, right? It's not the end-all be-all for life, <laughs> but it's hard to realize that when you're at that age. But I like the way that you have developed that uh, quote over time, but it started there 
in, in Carolina. So, uh, horses and cows, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was cow, cow tipping going on around the corner. Oh, I was definitely not, definitely not used to that. <laughs> it's a little, a little different from the city for sure. <laughs> well, uh, during this time period, what was your first job, your first paying job, I should ask? And what do you, and how do you reflect back on it today? Well, I was actually an umpire for Little League um, in Trumbull, Connecticut, and that was a cool experience. I'll tell you a funny story about that, actually. I, I, I First, I started off doing first, second, third base, just doing the field, and then my first game behind the plate, uh, the kid swings and misses, and I blinked when the pitch came into the catcher's glove. I called it a ball, and the catcher goes to me, but he swung and missed, and I said, oh, man, I'm sorry, I, I blinked. And from there on, I, I got better from there on. But that was my first job where I said, wow, that's that's kind of embarrassing. And luckily I got better as an umpire then. But, yeah, he swung and missed. I said ball, and I said, whoop, sorry, strike. Didn't see that one. And uh, from there I got better. And I then I worked at uh, Walgreens in Connecticut. I was just a cashier and then did some work on campus at Hofstra. And I'm just glad I'm doing what, uh, what I want to do now because I've definitely had some – Jobs that weren't the best, but I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, always. And that's such a great experience. Uh, being an umpire at any level, you have a lot more respect for the game and both sides of what's happening. And uh, referees, umpires, all judges, anything, those are a huge part of sports. And, I'll, and, and you know this, if you've ever been behind any plate uh, with somebody swinging and a ball coming, I don't care what level, but uh, you're going to blink, too, the first time. So we're going to give you a pass there, Jake. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was that was tough for me because the coaches were looking at me like, what what the heck's wrong with this guy? Um, but luckily, that was just the only mistake for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're good. You're good. Well, now you're off to college, and a lot of folks that I've heard in broadcast journalism, they, they try to find their niche, right? You don't want to be like everybody else, but you learn uh, from everybody else. And it's one of those interesting industries this is again from a way way far back perspective what does that relate to you at all in terms of trying to figure out how exactly not only you're going to get into something in the future but then who you're going to be uh, your personality yeah well i knew i had to be sports i i try to do other stuff and i was like this i can't do this i i can't live that normal nine to five in a desk desk life i actually when I graduated, it was very, this field. It's so tough to find a job in, in the sports media field, and you really have to. It's really a grind. That's what it is. It's a day to day grind. Um, and I had to do a job at a place at a place called US Globe, a computer place that sold ink and toner and printers. And it was one of the most depressing things. Um, hopefully, they don't hear this. Uh, it was one of the most depressing things I've ever had to do. So I re- I knew at a young age that my niche was really to be in sports, doing sports, following sports, writing about it, talking about it. I, I used to go to friends' par- parties, whether it was bar mitzvah, sweet 16, whatever it was, and I could just talk sports all day with the older people, and they would say, wow, you know you know, Walt Clyde Frazier, you know Willis Reed, you know Dave DeBusher, you know uh, Dave Kingman, you know these guys? And I said, yeah, like, I, I love the history of the game, and I knew then and there when I could talk sports for a day at a party with the old 50-year-old old guys who may have been drunk at the time. I was talking sports <laughs> with them, and I knew at that time that that's what I had to do. I, I couldn't be sitting at a desk doing something outside of sports. And, you know, at the, at the start, you know, the money isn't there in this industry. It's just not. I'm not going to be making the money that maybe someone who's doing marketing or doing business or obviously a lawyer or a doctor is going to be making. But I know a lot more I'm going to enjoy the job that I'm doing because I, I want to do what I love, and the money will come. You know what? Stephen A. Smith, do you think he started making hundreds of thousands, Bayless, all these guys, 
uh, Bob Costas, they didn't start making a lot of money. So I know at one point, if I'm good enough, if I keep striving, I'm going to get there. So I, I, I knew at a young age that I had to be doing something in sports and really talking with people and listening to Steve Summers. Yeah, I always look back to Steve Summers as a guy because he was a guy in the fan. Mike and the Mad Dog, when they were together, you, you listen to these guys and you realize, wow, these guys are getting paid to talk about this game, to talk about this player, to talk about this story. And it made me realize there was nothing else I could do. Yeah, well, I love your enthusiasm. It's good. It's really good, and I can tell that the you got some street cred too. I mean, talking to fifty year olds who have some drinks in their hands, um, that's that's <laughs> there you go. That's your college experience right there. You gotta have street yeah, cred. Mean, you gotta have that. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they were they were shocked that I knew that stuff, but I mean, I'm, I'm still got a lot more to learn. Sure, um, but I'm trying my best. Well, let's remove the fans for a second, the excitement and, you know, all the snazziness that comes with sports. I get it. That's part of it. But let's let's almost break this down for a second. What do you think it is inside of you that loves sports so much? You know, here you are on the interview. Who are you? Life lessons of sports. What's this draw? I don't know. When I'm at the game, I just there's, there's just been magical moments, games that I've been at where I say, this is like, this is unreal. This is something special. And I love being there. I, I went to, unfortunately, I went to the Mets Yankees games the last two days, and the Mets offense couldn't score a run. But as, when I go to games, I just I love covering the game. And I used to lo- love going just be as a fan, but now I go to enjoy, enjoy the experience, enjoy what's history in the making. Last night, you have Derek Jeter's final game. Am I a Yankees fan? No, but being at Derek Jeter's final game is a really cool moment. Being at Shea Stadium for game six of the 2006 NLCS where you see the stadium rocking when Jose Reyes hit the leadoff home run, and that's to take it to a game seven. Being there for the Nets playoff last last round versus the Raptors, a must-win game six that forces a game seven. The passion in the building, just the being one with the fans. It's a, you go to a stadium, you go to arena, you go to a stadium, say. Like you go to a football stadium, 80,000 fans cheering for the same team, all for one cause. It's, it's something really special. You don't have that. I guess you have it for TV shows and stuff like that, but I mean, sports is just something special where millions of fans around the country all for one common goal, whether it's their team, their sport, whatever it is. And there's something special about that. I, a lot of people will hate and say basketball. I think the NBA is rigged. So like, a lot of BS around that. But when, when you, there's just so many special things about fans and being united as one and really show your support for a team, no matter what the cost is, pay $200, to see to see a playoff game, pay for, I paid four hundred and fifty dollars to go to the All Star game in two thousand eight at Yankee Stadium. I mean, hmm. as a as a as a seventeen year old kid to pay that much, that's got to show how much I love the game because that was a lot of money four hundred and fifty dollars to see an all a meaningless All Star game, um, and it was it was special. It was the greatest All Star game of all time. It went to fifteen innings. We had to stay at my friend's grandma's house <laughs> in the city, and uh, it was it was a special moment. There's moments like that. The ones I've said, these games that I've been at, that make me realize, wow, this is really something amazing to be a part of. And um, it's been that way since I, was, I came out of the womb, really. Yeah, it's well said. It's well said. Well, very fascinating. And I could tell there's this, this aura and this enthusiasm behind everything you do. Well, I'm going to ask you this now. What in your job and as you're now positioned, you're moving from one to another and you're climbing the ladder, so to say. What What is challenging about this job if we had to pick out something that was a yeah it's a it's awesome i'm doing what i want to do wonderful but this this part is challenging just to set the stage for those who might want to get into broadcast journalism 
well, you can check my bank account, and that's, that's <laughs> definitely been challenging. Um, the money isn't completely there, and it's, it's tough. I mean, you got to budget. It's tough to budget for me because I love going to games. I love going to concerts. I love to go out. I love to have I, I mix. Sometimes you have to mix in the fun with the work and because you can't stay sane if you're just working nonstop. And I work as I work a lot, a lot, but some days I find free to go out with friends, go out, have a good time, go to the bar, go to a game, do what I have to do because that's really, you got to stay calm and you got to stay sane. Um, but yeah, the money is really tough, especially in this industry. Cause at the start, you're not making a lot. You're making 30, 40, 50,000, whatever it is. And especially in New York, when the cost of living is just absurd, when you got to pay $2,000 to even live like in a one bedroom in New York city, the, the cost of living is tough. So just paying for your own food is tough. You, you got to, don't the ramen noodle life continues on after college and people say you're done with that after college it is very tough to budget in this industry so the money is tough sometimes you say oh i can't do this i don't have enough money but you know you know that one day if you keep pushing you're going to get there you're going to you're going to and the money to me is not that important now i very my my parents don't necessarily pay for me but they're very supportive of me if i was struggling if i needed something they would help me and that's key to have a good support group with you. You have parents that say, you know what? They see the passion, they see the ambition, they see you're working hard. And that's the most important thing. They're going to help you. And definitely having that good support group is really important for me. And they've been there for me. My brother's been there, my grandma, grandpa, whoever it is, my friends. They know that I have potential. And they say, you know what? It's not about the money. It's not about you making $100,000. It's about you working your way up, as you said, climbing the ladder. It's really, it's just a daily grind. So while the money is definitely. The toughest part, if you keep grinding, you're going to get there one day. Yeah, well, you're joining a network of 60 interviews so far and many, 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 many more to come that haven't been launched here, Jake, that I've heard the same thing from some wonderful, talented, and people who have achieved a lot as well. So you are on the right track with a great, great mindset. And I hope our listeners are are thinking the same thing here as they're self-analyzing what they're doing because uh, as as we had Mike Tannenbaum, I'm sure you know that name well. If you're doing something you love, uh, then you never work a day in your life. And I think he he really said that well when he was on the show here. I'll tell you about Mike. He's not worried about money now with the Steve Kerr deal. He, he just he just got a lot of money off that deal. <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> well, it uh, work, working hard, like you said, pays off. So yeah. most yep. definitely, most definitely. Well, now your college experience into what is now I'll call your professional experience. Walk us through those who want to become. Uh, you know, we just talked about the money aspect of it and the challenges, but we want to become uh, somebody in your industry. We want to be the next uh, Jake Brown at this age, right? I mean, you're, you're doing quite well for where you are right now. What do you suggest? How do we do that? If, if we're so into sports and this interview is exciting to people who are listening to it, what, any suggestions along the way that you could uh, share with us? Yeah, take any opportunity that comes your way. I started a small site called Sports Radio and I started writing there. I really started my own blog that I had to do for class. I was like, oh, he's going to make us right. And I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed recapping the games from that week, the football games, previewing the games, talking about a player, whatever it was. Just take any opportunity. If You have to do more than one thing at once. In this industry, if you're not versatile, you got to choose something else. If you can't write, you can't produce, you can't talk sports, you can't write about it, you can't cover it, you're not going to be good. You need to be able to be good in all different facets and you can't be satisfied with taking class and doing an internship and that's it that's not that's not going to get you anywhere you have to be able to write and do other things and i've been able to write for a couple of different sites um at one time and while it's a lot of work you have to, i wrote 
I, I took 18 or 19 credits, which is absurd because I fell behind in the start because I had, uh, I'll blame it on the professors, um, <laughs> that I, I had to, the bad professors. Um, so I, I fell behind and I was able to just do the 18 credits, write for Foresight, do my radio show in Long Island and do my internship at whether it was the Islanders or SMY. And you have to do more than one thing at once. You have to push yourself now so that you could retire later. You, you, you can worry about sleeping later. I've, I've, with this job I was working now, before I moved to my new job, I get two to three hours of sleep a day. It's, it's brutal. But yeah. you can worry about that later, and it's more important that you get to where you want to be now. Because at 23, I've done a lot, but I still have so much more to do, and I know that. And I know that I could do so much better. I think I'm good on the radio. I think I'm a good writer. But there's still things, there's still flaws I see that I need to correct. So really just doing multiple things at once and taking opportunities that come to you. Don't say no to anything. And if, if they say, can you do this? Say yes. Learn it yourself. Buy a tutorial. Have someone teach you, whether it's whatever, Photoshop, InDesign, audition, uh, podcasting. Just teach yourself. And really, if you can't do more than one thing at once in this industry, if you, if you really can't handle more than one thing, you're not going to make it. Yep. So that, that would be my tip, to just really take any opportunity, any writing that comes to you. I don't care if they get five views a month. If you're publishing your stuff online, someone's going to see it eventually. And my website, jakeryanbrown.com, has really helped me put all my work together, put my articles, my shows, my interviews, my resumes, so employers could see it. So whoever, if I if I contact Chris Boussard to come on my show, he sees, oh, this kid, this kid is legit. He has a site. He has his stuff together. I'm going to come on the show. So if they see that you're conducting yourself in a professional way, you'll be set. So that that would be the advice I would offer. Fantastic advice. Hope people are listening out there once again. Jake, it's all about being a doer, you know, and that's exactly, it follows right along with the, the players and athletes that you watch, the coaches, and that the, you go on the air and talk about, I mean, you got to be willing to do what the opportunity there is in front of you. So it sounds like you will do that at all costs to get to where you are right now. Do us a favor, walk us through a typical day i mean i'm hearing not a lot of sleep which is fine but but what so walk us through from waking up to going to bed for a minute just how chaotic but i'm sure organized at the same time it might be on days but give us that picture give us that story yeah well now my schedule's crazy because i work overnight midnight to 10 a.m um so i'm I'm like a vampire overnight um (laughs) and and it's it's tough but that's why i'm very happy to be going to this job as normal hours monday to friday um, but yeah, midnight to 10 usually, um, I get back from the city. I live in Long Island right now. I'm moving to a store in Queens in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to that as an easier commute. Um, but yes, yeah, midnight to 10 work, come back 11, 12, maybe do an article or two, post up a podcast, a show, whatever I'm doing, apply to jobs. And then I try to get sleep during the day. I'm telling you, you try to sleep during the day in daylight. It's one of the toughest things ever, <laughs> especially when I live with two other kids who are up during that time who are loud, they're playing music and, I, I can never get any sleep around them. Um, then I get back up, maybe do another article if I want, head back to the city and do it all over again. Um, and usually the good thing about my job now before I do leave at MLB Advanced Media is that I do get to do my writing. I have some downtime to write, to update my LinkedIn, to live tweet, to, to watch the end of these playoff games that have been amazing so far. Um, so it's given me that freedom. But, yeah, it, my schedule really varies, but I, I do try to fit in some Met games in there. I try to go to Yankee Stadium, try to go to Knicks, Nets. Uh, try to, I went to a bunch of Islanders games this year. Um, I try to fit in games and contests and hanging out with friends because when I'm out of here soon and I'm working this full-time um, 
job in a couple of weeks when I start June 2nd. I know I'm not going to have the time to really hang out and enjoy your youth. So there's a lot of people who are going to say I'm, I'm working hard, but you need to have, you need to enjoy your youth really, because when you get old, when your knees break down, you're not going to be able to be doing these things. And you gotta, you gotta mix in the fun with the hard work. And I've, I've been able to do that. And it's really kept me sane. If I, if I didn't have fun, if I didn't go to these games, if I didn't have friends, if I didn't go out with people, I mean, I'd probably be a, a wreck right now mm-hmm. with my schedule, but I've been able to try and balance both and try to enjoy life while trying to work my tail off to get there. Right, right. Now, now you mentioned writing an article as if I were to go upstairs and just go get a glass of water. Uh, that is that is easier said than done for so many people. So the first thought that I'm saying is, wow, okay, there's one, two, three. Well, you must write maybe even four sometimes. How, do you, how are you able to turn around uh, an article so quickly, and where do you get these ideas, not ideas, but whatever the impetus is for the basis of the story? Well, what I love about sports, there's always storylines. I mean, even when these seasons or when these playoffs are over, the NHL NBA playoffs are over, there's storylines in the summer. Who's going where? Is Darren Williams now? There's a rumor that he may get traded. There's always something going on. Uh, Josh Gordon, are they going to change the drug test in the NFL so he doesn't get suspended? So Johnny Manziel can throw in 25, 30 touchdown pass or whatever. So, I mean, there's always something going on. So I'm always able to think of something to write about whether it is. And now I've started covering more of the national sports scene instead of just New York sports. That's where I started. I'm covering the teams I love. But now when you follow the, the general sport more, there's always storylines going on. And that was fantasy sports. You know, that's opened up so many different things. Fantasy sports has become a craze, especially fantasy football. I mean, that has just gone off the roof with these sites like FanDuel and Draft Street. So fantasy has added stories to that. Um, but there's just always something going on in sports every day. There's a headline trade rumor. There's something you could write about, and thinking innovatively is really important and thinking of something new to write about because there's always a headline. There's always something someone's going to read about. It's sports is just an industry where it's 24-7-365. There's no holidays, really. So even if there's not a game, there's something going on that day. There's something you could write about. There's something, there's a headline you could write. And that's, I find that really fun, trying to create that headline that's going to get you not necessarily page views, but give you that exposure, give you that attention, and get people wanting to read it, because it all starts with the headline. A lot of people these days, you know, with Vine, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, have very short attention spans. It's between 7 and 15 seconds. Your Vine video is 7 seconds. you got to catch them in 7 seconds. So if you don't catch them in the headline, uh, you're as good as nothing. So, yeah, it's just, I love that there's always something going on, and even if it's an off-season, I could write about a rumor. I could write about free agency. I could write about trade, whatever it is. So that's definitely something positive about sports. It, it just never ends. Yeah, it never does. Never does. Now, what are your top go-to sites to keep on up, up to date with all this information? As you said, it never ends, and it's an influx. I don't even know where to begin sometimes. I'm just trying to find the score, for example, for the Wizards game last night, and there's about a 1,000 things i got to look at on the ESPN website just to see that alone, right? But how do you get your information if you had to recommend uh, we could get it either easily, quickly, or in-depth? Yeah, well, I like Bleacher Report. I know that's very popular, but, I mean, they always have funny and interesting stories. 
whether it's something with Drake, Courtside, Beyonce, and Jay-Z, they have those cool sports stories that also involve entertainment. They have a lot of cool gifts. If something happens, actually a funny story, my friend at the draft that I went with was that crazy Cardinals fan that blew up on Twitter. He's actually a, a Falcons fan. There's a whole story on Bleacher Report about him going crazy about the pick. He said, I don't know who this is, but I like it. And he, it was a gift out of it. It's really anything you do now as a storyline, they catch you on video, you're going to be a story. And it was on ESPN. It was really funny. Hmm. Um, so Bleacher Report, I like fan side. I write for one of their blogs, Empire Rights Back, um, covering New York sports fan side. It has a lot of cool blogs. They got you covered no matter what it is, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, soccer, cricket, whatever it is, Fansider has you covered. So Bleach Report and Fansider are my two go-tos. I like ESPN. That's obvious, the obvious one. Um, for me, I Mets blog, uh, SNY.TV has a bunch of blogs, Mets, Jets, the Mets Miners, the Giants, the Jets, the Mets, Islanders, Devils, uh, UConn, whatever it is. They have a bunch of cool, cool stuff for the local tri-state area. So really Bleach Report, Fansider, and the SNY.TV blogs are my three favorites. Yeah, man, nonstop, huh? I love it. <laughs> what a drive you have. What a drive. Fantastic stuff. All right, I'm going to head into our timeout section as well as overtime. Now, timeout, uh, you're young. You're, you're just getting going here. Maybe we're thinking recently or even back in college, but when was the last time you had to take a timeout, a personal timeout, either reassess what you're doing. I mean, I get the whole North Carolina part of your life, but this would be after that. Reassess what you're doing because is the plan, just like in a timeout, the, we're a little, little uh, how should I say, it's a little c- confusing at the time. Or simply the momentum is just up against you, Jake, and you need to reverse the situation. When's that last time you had to do that, and what was the situation? Yeah, well, my first two years of college, adjusting to the college life, I'm obviously you're you're out there partying freshman year, you're you're living the college life, and after my first two years, really freshman year, my grades weren't great. They were under 3.0, and I know I was better than that. After my first two years, I said, I got to do something. I got to do games with the Highlanders my freshman year, but I said, you know what, I can do so much better than this. I got to get my grades up. I got to keep this scholarship, because I know my mom's going to my mom's going to take the soap out and put it in my mouth. <laughs> like, um, so really after the first two years, I said, you know, what? I got to start doing, I got to start really filling this resume. I got to start doing internships. I got to really start getting into kicking it into gear at this point. So that was really the time after my sophomore year that summer, I was in Carolina. I was sitting there. I was thinking to myself, I wasn't working. I was trying to find a job. I could And I said, you know what, this semester, I'm just going to kick ass. I, I think I could say that on here. Yep. Um, I, I could really <laughs> kick ass and do, what I what I'm, what I want to do, I want to cover sports. So that blog, that that journalism class, got me started and got me sports radio. Why got me started writing? So really, after sophomore year, when I said, you know what, these grades got to be better. I'm so much smarter than this. I, I sometimes I, I it's just you're, I'm so much better than I think I am, and I didn't I didn't let myself do it. I was being an idiot first two years, and then junior year, I said. I have two years left in college, and then it's the real world. I got to start paying electric. I got to start paying insurance. I got to start paying bills. I'm running out of time. So my first semester of junior year is when I said, all right, it's go time. I was behind in credits. I said, you know what? I'm taking 18, 18, 18, 18. I'm taking a summer class. I'm taking a winter class. I'm graduating on time. I'm not staying in college longer than I have to. I want to get my four-year degree. I don't want to be Van Wilder. I don't want to be there five (laughs) or six years. I don't want to be that guy. So that's when I said, all right, it's go time. Junior year, let's get this going. Started writing, got another site, led to hosting, led to SMY. And then um, it really took off from there. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, great time out, like most timeouts are. So thanks for sharing that. We're going to go into overtime here. Overtime where you have some fun, get to learn a little bit more about you. I'm going to start off with a healthy habit, something constructive that you do on a daily or weekly basis that you could share with our listeners. Something healthy. Something healthy. I mean, I guess I could say the gym. Um, I haven't had much time because I just I get back at 11 a.m. and I'm dead tired. And I, I, oh, it's funny. I always fall asleep on the train. And I have senses. Of, I, instead of spidey senses, I have miniola sense. The door opens up. My eyes awake and I get off the train just in time. So I, I guess you could say the gym um, is definitely something healthy. I enjoy just sometimes your gym is just a spot where you can let everything out, let your emotions out. You had a bad day. You just run on the treadmill, you let it out, you, you blast the music in your ears, and you're just one with yourself. You think about everything in life. You think where you're going. And I'm running on the treadmill. That's what I'm thinking. Um, so that's definitely a spot uh, I like to go. Uh, takes me back to my childhood. Sometimes with my friend, I'll play a little Super Smash Brothers. That's, that makes me feel like a little kid again uh, for the old N64. So maybe those, a little Super Smash and the gym, maybe two things that I like to do. All right, favorite sports movie? It's sports movie. Uh, that is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> I like Draft Day recently. Um, draft so Day? So many. Yeah, it, I thought that one was really good. And the Browns actually had a good draft, surprisingly. And uh, I guess we can thank uh, Kevin Costner for that. But I, I would say... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like The Longest Yard. I mean, it's. It, I, I'm, I'm not going to go with the, the easy one, like Hoosiers... Or um, Bad News Bears. I'm going to go with The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. I mean, that's that's not one of the better ones, but I thought that was a good movie, and I think they redid the original one pretty well. I really enjoyed The Longest Yard. Yep, yep. Great, great. Draft Day. So I got to check that out. That just came out recently, didn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's definitely worth seeing. Um, usually the Browns don't have that good a draft, um, <laughs> but they got Johnny Football this year, so that'll be interesting. That's perfect. Great. All right, I just gave you a baseball bat. Put you in a major league uniform. I guess it's going to be the the Mets now, <laughs> and you are mm-hmm. walking up to the plate, Jake. What is your walk up song to get you in the right mindset to face that face that pitcher? Oh, that is a tough one. Um, I have a pretty eclectic music taste. I like rap, um, hip hop. I like pop. I like oldies. Walk up music to get me pumped. Um, I'm like this. You're going to laugh, but I'm going to go with Split Hustlin', Rick Ross. Nice. Uh, a throwback rattle on. Uh, I don't know. That just always gets me in the right mindset. I mean, it might not be the most appropriate choice, but you know what? <laughs> I, hustling is uh, is a jam, so I'll go hustling. There you go. Well, plenty of editing that we could do in the stadiums. We're good there. <laughs> so, no, I like it. Thanks for sharing that. A book that you've read recently that you would like to recommend or just one of your old-time favorites, and this could be something to get you a great start in your business and industry uh, for a job or just one in general. Uh, Craig Carr and Loudmouth is a really good book. He's a guy uh, I really looked up to in this industry. I got to work his charity event last year. I believe I'm working his golf charity event to strike out Tourette's in June in Westchester. And he, he's a guy who's he's like me. He's your average guy. He likes the same teams as me, but he's a good personality. He's funny on the air. He could, he's, a, he's passionate on the air. And it's funny because he's a lot different in person, a lot quieter and cooler and collective than he is on the air. And really when you turn on that mic, 
you're you can become a new person and that's what happens with me. So definitely Craig Carnes Loudmouth. He's a he's a guy that I really look up to in this industry. Despite many people may say they hate him, you know what? They can't stop listening and that's why Boomer and Carnes <laughs> is the number one show in America. So definitely Craig Carnes book uh, I would recommend people read. All right. Sounds good. Well you're the host of this show. You can relate to this. Uh, who are you the life lessons of sports? Who's the first person you call up to interview and why? Uh First person I call an interview. Um, I'll go with my childhood hero just because I love the Mike Piazza. I mean, he brought me so many memories as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, he, he's a guy. Well, I, in, in, this, in my field, I would call Craig Carn just because I relate to him so much. He's really, I hate to quote Drake here, but he really started from the bottom. Um, and now he's here. Now he's at the top. He's the number one uh, on the number one show in America. So Carn would be in my industry, but a guy I would love to interview have on my show would be Mike Piazza just because he's the greatest hitting catcher of all time. He, he really carried Queens. He, he is the face of the New York Mets franchise, really. He was the greatest player to down a Mets uniform. So, And he was a guy that I really looked up to and really he, – I, I told him when I met him, I said, you know what, Mike, you made my childhood legendary. And he's legendary. And he said, oh, thank you very much. But he would definitely be a guy. That's that I cool. love to have on my show. Yeah, that's cool. Ah, and you know, I'm glad you told him that. Very neat. I actually saw him out in Vegas recently in a golf celebrity, Michael Jordan's golf celebrity tournament, and uh, he is still looking great. He looks great, hitting the ball well, and having a good time like he seemed to always have. So that's uh, neat. It's hey, kind the, of, yeah, the, go the ahead. Mets offense could use him right now. We'll take him back. Uh, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there. Well, how about you just mentioned a charity that you work for that at least you help out, though. But is there a charity or foundation that you'd like to acknowledge? I mean, I get it. You're only 23. Some people don't, don't know at 50. But anything that you'd like to uh, give a shout-out to? Well, I'll mention it again because I think it's a great call. Strike out Tourette's with Craig Carr and him and his kids have Tourette's and they've raised so much money to try to find a cure for Tourette's and it's it's such a you see people make fun of people like that and it's just not right and that's something that they can't control and Carr is raising money to have that to avoid that tick. There's now something that uh, people with Tourette's can wear where they can avoid that tick um, and now they continue to raise more and more money to find a cure for Tourette's and you, you hate to see people um, like that in the streets and people saying, oh, why is that guy screaming this, screaming that? And you feel for them. So I definitely think Craig Carnes Charity, uh, they're doing a great job. They're raising a lot of money with these charity events. I mean, I had to, I was part of the raffles, and you see people bidding thousands on these autographed jerseys and stuff, and it's really a terrific cause, and we've raised uh, millions of dollars for really, a, really a really good cause that um, – a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, no. I'm glad you mentioned that. So important. Worked with uh, somebody who had Tourette's, and they used to always tell their story because they had, we were working with kids, and the kids didn't know how to react, and uh, it, it wasn't easy. But he, this gentleman, I admired a lot. He came right out and just said, hey, look, this is what Tourette's is, and educated everybody on it. And I thought that was such a nice way of doing it. And and uh, just, I don't know. It was it was a neat experience for the kids. But uh not to get around your your point in the charity that you just mentioned there, but it's just, I've seen it up close and get it. I really do. So thanks for mm-hmm. sharing. Well, you are everywhere, my friend. So I'm going to allot you at least a minute here, but please tell us how can we connect or where can we connect and listen, hear, watch, read with you, Jake? Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at JB Sports Radio. You can follow the show at ESPN The Weekend. Visit my site, jakeryanbrown.com. Um, I'm pro- the end of the month with CBS, I'm probably having to leave ESPN Radio, but there's no question I'm going to be looking for other opportunities, possibly hosting channels on Yahoo Sports Radio. So I'm definitely going to continue to do radio because 
the key really is staying on top of it. And when I host once a month, uh, occasionally, I'm I'm not getting, I'm not I'm not feeling smooth. I'm not feeling good about myself. When I'm doing it every week, I feel great. I'm ready to go. I'm preparing every week. So um, yeah, so ESPN Radio in here for Saturdays the rest of this month. And you could go to Sports Radio NY, check the schedule there, and I'm on AM 1240 WGBB uh, with Sports Radio NY. They do shows. I like to have New York athletes on. So any New York sports fans that want to say they want to hear from a guy like John Franco or something, um, I like to have guys like that on the show. So you can find me there. Fantastic. Well, we'll be watching out for you, Jake. Uh, abundance of information coming our way. I know creative and interesting, and I'm sure humorous as well, uh, the way you're carrying yourself today. So really appreciate you coming on. I do have one last question for you, but before I do, Jake, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show. You have been an incredible guest. Really set the stage for a lot of listeners out there who w- might want to get into uh, your industry, and this has been a nice little tutorial of the hard work as well as the sacrifice it's going to take, but then also that daily to-do list as well. So, Jake, I want to officially welcome you to the Who Are You Nation team and personally congratulate you. So welcome, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You are welcome. Now, I did say we had one last story, and this is where we go behind the scenes, exclusive access, something your friends and family may know about you. But if you don't ask Jake, you're not going to tell. Jake, you have one last story you could share with us about your life? <laughs> An embarrassing story? Like, what does it have to be? <laughs> it could be whatever you think. I'll use the Malcolm Gladwell, the stickiness factor. What, however we can remember you, Jake, your legacy on Who Are You Nation here. <laughs> so oh, anything man. from fun to emotional to whatever, it's your show, whatever you want. And of course, they had it all blocked off. There was a horse running the street, and that was something I said, you know, I'm getting back to New York. I can't do this anymore. I, I can't be I can't be looking for horse signs on the side of the street. Who are you, Nation? Our guest is ready to go inside the locker room. Are you? Gain exclusive access to the story as well as those from all of our guests. Visit whoareyousports.com where there is a page dedicated especially for all of our listeners at Who Are You Nation. Until next time, please remember both in sports and in life that it's not all about the scoreboard so much as it is about our dedication to becoming a better teammate, healthier person, and adopting an efforts over results mindset.